Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime suspense and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'd like to remind you that the Crime Cafe Nine Book Set and Crime Cafe Short Story Anthology are available for sale on my website, debbiemack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K.com, and just click on Crime Cafe, Crime Cafe and you'll get to the buy links as well as the podcast subscribe buttons and the merchandise store. Now, having said that, I'm very pleased to have today with me mystery author Curtis Baus. Did I say that correctly? Well, it would should be Bose normally. Uh, Bose. More, more the, the French pronunciation. Bose. But, Curtis but, Bose. I, I accept anything these days, you know. So. <laughs> but you go by Curtis, I assume. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, Curtis, who comes to us pr- from... Provence? Am I saying that right? That's perfect, yeah. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Well, it's great to have you on. And um, you are originally from Wales, though. Indeed, yes, yes. That's Uh, awesome. Wales. Grew up in Wales, uh, educated in England. And then I moved to France uh, ages ago. Shall we just say ages ago? Ages ago. Um, so you lived in Wales for a while. I simply I had... In, yes, yeah, go ahead. I lived in Wales all my childhood and then went to school in England. I was actually, I'm pretty much Welsh, it's kind of 75%, uh, but uh, we lived very close to the border with England and I never learned to speak Welsh, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't understand Welsh. Uh, so my education is more English, and then mm-hmm. I moved to France. So I'm a bit of a mix, yeah. Okay, well, I just have to ask, have you ever been to Port Myron? <laughs> in in Wales? In Wales. Uh, yes, a long, long time ago. Well, why, why do you have to ask that? Have you been? I have to ask that because um, I'm a big huge fan of the tv show that was set there the prisoner yeah whenever i see that place i always think creepy small town (laughs) right yeah no i went when i was a kid and that that series was amazing and i think afterwards it 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 actually burnt down did it did you read about that i didn't read about that no there was a fire there in port marin and i think the whole kind of set that they used uh, uh burned down whether they've rebuilt it i i don't know but um yeah uh, there, there was uh, there was a fire there wow because <laughs> i know that there was quite an uproar after um they aired the ending of the series yeah. To the point where Patrick McGowan actually fled the country, <laughs> as I understand yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so oh. woman, then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that show, though. Um, so um, what inspired you to move to France? What inspired me? Well, I, my parents were always Francophiles. We came to France when I was uh, a kid for holidays from the age of like eight or 10 onwards, you know, we would come to France uh, every year. I studied French uh, at uni and uh, I had a 
I have a, a, what we call a sandwich year uh, abroad when you study languages. So I came to France uh, during that year at uh, university and um, more or less fell in love with the country. Uh, well, I was already pretty much, uh, you know, and met my wife uh, and uh, at that time. Uh, and so settled there as soon as I left uh, as soon as I left uni in fact Britain at that time uh, the UK was not in a very great state this is kind of the mid 70s more or less bankrupt uh, and there wasn't much that would you know want you to stay in Britain so and France was a very attractive proposition at that time so I came and and, and settled and stayed ever since yeah. Huh. And uh, where did you get the idea to write about Magali in your mysteries? Uh, you mean, where Why? did I find uh, her as a, as a particular... The, the what inspired that character, yes. Character? Um, well, actually, she lived just down the road from here, uh, sort of 500 yards, yards down the road. Um, she... That was the person that inspired me, if you like, uh, the initial spark, because um, I, I like to have something from reality to kind of set me off. Uh, and uh, we knew her as a neighbor. She'd just been left by her husband after like 25 or 26 years of, of marriage. And I thought, well, you know, we discussed it with her, what she's going to do and everything. Um, Eventually, she moved on, and I, we no longer have any contact with her. But I took that situation and uh, transposed it into Magali. And that joined up with something, a kind of fantasy I had kind of a, a long time ago, was um, to be a private detective. And at that time in France, uh, I don't think it's the same in the States, but at that time in France, it was not regulated at all. You could just put up a plaque and say, I'm a private detective, come and, uh, you know, I'll solve your cases. Uh, since then, it has been regulated in France uh, about a dozen years ago, no, not more recent, no, no later than that, you know. Uh, and um, that was what sparked it off, you know, that, that idea of someone looking for a new life and they could just put up a plaque and say they're a private detective. Obviously, she was illegal doing that at this time, but, you know, it hadn't been very long since it was illegal. And so she had to go through the process of becoming qualified and so forth. Uh, but that was what uh, gave me the, the idea of using Magali as a, as a protagonist, yeah. Well, I like it a lot. Um, I love your sense of humor. Would you describe your series as humorous mystery? Do you fall kind of like more on the cozy side of the spectrum or more, does it get grittier or how would you describe uh, actually it? Actually, it gets kind of darker. The fur I, further I go, it gets a bit darker. I, I, I'm not um, particularly, uh, I, I, I don't know a lot about mystery series in general. I mean, I do read them, but I read loads of other stuff. And the, all the various sub-genres was something I actually discovered as I was going along. So cozy mystery procedurals and all that. Uh, mm -hmm. 
and when I set out, it was just kind of, I'm going to write a, a, a detective story, a mystery story. And uh, I wouldn't call it cozy. It's a little bit of everything, really. Um, not in a particular subgenre. And as I go along, it's getting more and more and more dark, in fact. So I wouldn't call it cozy, even if I do try to keep the, the humor in there. Yeah. Well, I like that, actually. I like the yeah. idea of incorporating oh, yeah, so many simple. different types uh, of literature and elements in there. I find it difficult to let go of humor uh, entirely. You know. <laughs> Good. Um, what, tell us about your latest book in the series then. The latest, well, uh, the, the one I'm working on now, you mean, or the one? The one that's currently out that you're giving away. Okay, okay. Because, uh, yeah, the first one was One Green Bottle, which you mm -hmm. stopped reading, perhaps. And then, then the other one is uh, Perfume Island, the second one. That's the one uh, that was uh, set in Mayotte, which is a tiny island in the Indian Ocean, uh, a French island, which is a uh, the, the latest, uh, the most recent department uh, of France. Uh, uh, so a fully integrated part of France, but 5,000 miles away from Paris. Um, where we went to live, my wife and I, um, just a few years ago, we, we spent two years there. Uh, my wife was a school inspector before she's just now retired. Uh, and I had just retired uh, at that time. And so uh, she, she had a post out in Mayotte for two years. And so we went out there. And it's quite an exceptional place. I mean, there are a lot of places in the world which have inequality, obviously, you know, a lot of rich people, the rich and poor living together and the rich in, in, in protected communities and so forth. Uh, but uh, this island is quite special insofar as it's only recently become a French department, which goes against, if you like, the, the whole um, idea of decolonization, the, the whole trend since the 1950s of, uh, you know, African countries getting their independence. And Mayotte uh, was in the mid 70s, uh, part of a French uh, colony, the Comoran, Comoros Islands, uh, and they voted to whether they wanted to become independent or not. And they're composed of four islands. Three of the islands voted to become independent, and Mayotte was the only one that said, no, we don't want to be independent. We want to remain French. Um, under international law, um, the majority vote would be the valid one. In other words, the whole country becomes independent. But France said, Okay, well, three of the islands have voted to become independent, so yeah, you can become independent. But we're going to keep the fourth one because they voted to remain French. That's more or less how it happened. And the, so the three Comorian islands now say, well, that's completely illegal. And there have been actually several 
um, resolutions in the United Nations to say that France is occupying Mayotte illegally, mm. uh, but the French don't really care about that, and you know the United Nations are not going to do anything. So that's the situation as it is now, and little by little, uh, Mayotte has become fully integrated into into France. Now it's a, a fully French department, except that um, it's 95% Muslim. Um, the, the, the main language, the first language is not French. Uh, a minority of people speak French. And um, you get a lot of immigrants now coming from the, the other three islands uh, to try and live in Mayotte because Mayotte is part of Europe being part of France, and so they expect uh, a, a better lifestyle, a uh, better standard of living. They want eventually to acquire French nationality and maybe make it to Europe, etc. So you have all the, all the problems of migration that we get in Europe on a slightly smaller scale, but in, in Mayotte we get those. And, um, they cross from Comoros, it's about uh, 70 kilometers. Um, it's a risky crossing. There's been about 20,000 people who've lost their lives in the last uh, 20 years or so. Um, and that's where we went to live uh, for two years. It's a fabulous island, extremely beautiful. It has a lagoon which is said to be the second most beautiful and largest lagoon in the world. And uh, yet there is this undercurrent and, and, and a very exceptional political situation, um, which gave rise to, to the second novel. Uh, wow. Sounds like quite a bit of interesting background goes into that story. Uh, yes, uh, indeed. I mean, it's a fascinating place, uh, which I, uh, you know, tried to convey in the novel without laying it on too thick, but uh, I think... Um, in a way that's entertaining yet at the same time yeah, informs. Like mix it up in the story and uh, yeah. And it's probably a situation that a lot of people where I live don't know about. So yes. in, it sounds in fact, fascinating. Even in France, there aren't that many people that do know. I mean, they've heard of Mayotte because they know that is part of France. But if you ask them to say where it is, they, they wouldn't really know, you know, it's, it's off the radar. And, oh my and gosh. It's a bit of a flashpoint. Interesting, very interesting. Um, who are the authors who have most inspired you and your writing? Wow. <laughs> That's a tough one, I know, but... Uh, what you did didn't warn me about that one. I uh, didn't warn you, no, but... <laughs> I've had loads of people that have inspired me, well, inspired me, that, that I've just adored yes. uh, as, um, as a reader, you know, ever since I was um, a kid. And I guess if you're looking at crime writing, um, it would have to go back to Agatha Christie, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a child. Um, that was, that, uh, she was the person that, that, that really opened to me what it meant to write a, a mystery which would bamboozle the reader. 
Um, and I suppose I still have that, uh, her, in, in my mind uh, when I write uh, somehow, sort of the whodunit. Uh, nowadays, I don't know, uh, but they're, they're not mystery writers. I, I adore Haruki Murakami, the Japanese writer, but that's more stylistic and, well, it's mysterious, but he, he, I mean, he doesn't write mystery novels, so, so yeah. But he writes extraordinary stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Where do you see the series going from here? Where's it going? Yeah, in terms um, of like story arc for Ma well, Maga the, Magali? Is it yeah, Magali? Magali. Magali. Yeah, she's, um, the, the third one, I'm in, I'm in the middle of writing the third one. As yes. I said, it gets a little bit darker. Um, while at the same time trying, you know, keeping those elements of humor, there's a relationship with um, Charlotte uh, Perle, who figures, uh, whose son is murdered in the first one. She's the reason, she's the person, the first person who comes to Magali and says, you know, I want you to find the person who killed my son. And in the second one, Perfume Island, um, they are there together, and um, that's where the mystery starts. And Charlotte is actually, uh, at one point, uh, uh, accused of being a killer there. Uh, and in the third one, they get back together again. Um, and uh, so I'm in the middle of writing that. I, I, I don't want to say too much about it, because I'm in kind of the second or third draft. Um, but it's now working out, I think, okay. It's going to be slightly different from the first two insofar as there are multiple points of view in the third one. Um, and it's slightly more towards the thriller end, or at least it's a, a blend of mystery and thriller. Um, the others were, well, I think especially Perfume Island was very much a, a whodunit. Uh, when I spoke about um, Agatha Christie, it was kind of more that end of things. Uh, whereas the, the one I'm on now is, uh, blends the thriller and mystery. Hmm, that's excellent. That sounds really great. I have to tell you, the opening chapter in your first one just grabbed me by the lapels. <laughs> oh, good, Truly, good. truly. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, I'm loving it. Um, I, I, I'm very glad about that. I think you'll even, the, the, I, I even prefer the opening chapter in Perfume Island, the second one, which is, uh, I, I think, even better. But uh, I'm very glad you like the first one. Yeah, great. Oh, yes. I can't wait to finish it so I can get on to the second one now. Okay, lovely. <laughs> um, let me see. If you could pick anybody to play Magali, in say a television or movie adaptation of your books, who would you pick? Oh, that, <laughs> Didn't that, warn you on that uh, one either. <laughs> yeah, that presupposes that I know a lot of um, actresses. And, uh, well, yeah. if you can think of anybody at all, you don't have to think um, of a lot. Right. It doesn't have to be a huge A-list star. Uh, an actress that appeared in uh, uh, a film uh, called The Constant Gardener, uh, uh -huh. which, which was taken from a book by John le Carré. Um, 
I thought it was her, but maybe I'm, I'm not very good. I, I love movies, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm not very good at remembering the names of actors and actresses and, and so forth, um, which is probably mm -hmm. all to their credit because, you know, they, they play the characters uh, and I, I, afterwards I just forget who the names of the actors are. Um, I think but, that's how it should be. It's but, funny, I have uh, the same problem. <laughs> I can never remember actor names yeah. these days. And I don't follow, you know, I don't read about them or I don't, I don't follow that. So I'm sorry, I, I probably got the name wrong, but uh, there's an actress, yeah, I've definitely got a, an image of her face, but I just can't put the name of it. On, on it. Yeah. Well, look up the constant gardener and she's in that. Yes, yes. In a lead role? Uh, she, well, yeah, there were, there were, uh, definitely, there were, there was a kind of a pair. And, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Constant gardener. Um, is there anything you else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, can't think of anything except to thank you for your uh, a for your commitment to to the whole writing business and you know crime writing especially and b for having me on the podcast um well it was my pleasure and i thank you for being here it's fantastic thanks you're welcome i'm glad to have been here okay. and um so I will just remind everybody to please uh, enter Curtis's giveaway. Oh, you right. can enter by going to his website and uh, going to the um, contact page. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Just enter the name. Well, just say giveaway, well, your name, and, and that's it. And uh, I will have the address. And so I'll, get, I'll put everybody into a, a draw. And uh, as you mentioned, the... The prize is the is Perfume Island uh, mm -hmm. plus the, the the box of candies. Yeah, the Calisson Dex. So. Yeah, candy. <laughs> That's excellent. And uh, you have until January twenty third to get in in on the giveaway. So uh, do that, and don't forget that you can buy the Crime Cafe publications on my website debbiemack.com. Thanks again for being here, Curtis. And until uh, next time. Happy reading, everybody. Mm -hmm.